Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. I, we want to encourage each other. I remember... We're talking, we were talking about baseball earlier this morning. We're in baseball season now. Go Giants. Lord bless them somehow, some way. Lord, and don't let the Dodgers win another game. In the mighty name of Jesus. We were talking about baseball, and I remembered uh, baseball. Uh, I was always the loudest kid in, in, on the field. Anybody play sports as growing up? You're, you always had a, co- a coach out there who said, let's hear some chatter out there. There's a joke by Brian Regan makes me think about that, if you know who he is. He's like, here's some chatter. And he's like, what do we do? Like, you know, like little rabbits or something. But I was always the loudest kid, wanting to encourage our teammates, wanting to encourage our pitcher and our batters, and always communicating to each other, we got two down. We got two. You know, always like we throw the ball around. Anybody, you know, you guys have played sports, played baseball especially. Oh, yeah, two down. Do one of these to our outfielders, just make sure they're awake. You know, center field's never paying attention. They're always just like. Like, hey, Jose, two down. And I, I, want to, uh, I want to encourage you. I want to try to wake you up today. We got two down, church. Our bases are loaded. We got to get this out. Are you ready? I was thinking about baseball. And um, one thing I love about baseball uh, is that you can not be good and you can still be considered great. Can I explain what that means? Let me, let me show you. This is uh, my prize baseball bat. Got it at Louisville at the factory. They got my name on it. It's the only time I'll ever have a baseball bat with my name on it, because I, I never went pro. I don't know if you knew that or not. I never played. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those guys that almost made it to the majors, oh, so close, except that everyone else was better than me on the team. Um, but what I love about baseball, and I, I was pretty decent at it when I played, because you can fail two out of three times at the, at the plate and still be a great baseball player. Isn't that incredible? If you have an average of 300, that's literally one out of three times you get a base hit. You get on base, they're like, hey, that guy, that guy's incredible. You do better than that, you have a better average than that, you're, like, you're a Hall of Famer. What other sport can you fail two-thirds of the time, and they're like, this guy's great. I love it. And then I was actually reading our reading this, this week out of Second, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, and I was thinking about baseball, and I was thinking about the Word of God, and they began to come together. Isn't it beautiful how a God can take a simple sport like baseball and speak to you out of his word about what he wants to speak to us today? So if you want to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, we're going to be reading portions of that. You can, uh, the main text is going to be 5th chapter 15, verse 2. But I was thinking about King Asa. We read a lot about King Asa this week. And I loved King Asa. When I was, the first time I read through the Bible all the way through, and this is not bragging, this is just the, uh, the fact that I had uh, godly parents who wanted me to know the Lord. First time I read through the Bible all the way through is I was 13 years old. I got, an, uh, I got a Bible from my, my great aunt Wandell, a student Bible. 
My Aunt Wandell was a little kooky, but she knew how to good, give good gifts. I read through the Bible, and the very first time I started reading through the Bible, this section, come on, you know what I'm talking about, my brother. Anybody have a kooky aunt out there? Nope. Okay, thank you, Billy. Anybody else have a kooky? No one else? Everyone, everyone's aunt is stable. Okay, good. Well, maybe just my family. Um, but she gave me this Bible, and I started reading through it, and then I get to this section in Kings and Chronicles where all of a sudden it starts going through the line of kings when the nation of Israel and Judah split, and you begin to read about it. And I was, you know, a teenager wanting to find a hero or somebody to model my life after, and I started noticing these kings that started saying certain things about these kings. A king did evil in the sight of the Lord. Mainly all the kings of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, following in the sins of their fathers. And then certain kings, would, they would say, and they did right in the sight of the Lord. They did what was good in the sight of the Lord. And Asa was one of the first kings that you see after they split and they divide that the Bible says that he was a good king who did what was right in the sight of the Lord. I love the name Asa so much so that I, I wanted to name a child after King Asa. I don't know if you know this, but none of my children are named Asa. And we're having a girl, and her name will not be Asa. And I'm okay with that now. I've settled in my heart that Asa is probably not going to be a name that I use, uh, but maybe a grandchild. We'll see what happens. Um, I had a guy, and I went to college with, uh, his name was Asa. The guy uh, was rugged as all get out. It looked like he like shaved his beard with uh, porcupine stuff. He just was like, he looked like he lived in the mountains all his life and came down for college. He was one of those guys that uh, he had a full facial hair at 18 years old, and I was like, how is this even possible? I'm, mine's barely coming in um, 20 years later. And, uh, but I loved King Asa, and I loved this, the reforms that he was doing. It, we see this in chapter 15 and chapter 16, that he turned the heart of a nation back to God with the reforms that he did in, 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 this, uh, in this section. And I'm reminded of how, how incredible this story hit me when I first read it. And how wonderful I thought King Asa was. That he, that he pleased the Lord. And I looked at his life and said, whatever he did that pleased the Lord, I want to do those things too. I want to be someone who pleases the Lord. Do you want to be someone who pleases the Lord today? But so often, I think it's funny. I did it, I did it as a teenager. I, I still do it today. When you read scripture, we highlight the good things of, of the heroes in the Bible, and we neglect the bad things they did. We do that in life, too. We ever go to a funeral of someone who was really a kind of a crummy person, and you go to their funeral, and everyone's just like, they were so nice, so wonderful. You know, you've seen this, right? It even happened, uh, we do it with dogs, too. My, my mom's dog, Ginger, she, is my mom in here? No. She had a little dog, a little uh, chihuahua mix thing, and chihuahuas are the worst dogs uh, of all. They're the worst. Little ankle biters. They, they don't like anybody but the owner. They're crazy. Anyway, it, it was attacked by another dog, and um, we ended up having to put it down. She didn't like anybody. If you walk into the room, she'd growl at you. She, you're just, just not a good dog. We had to go put the dog down, and in, I was in the, in the waiting room when we were putting the dog down, and my mom starts crying. I started crying, too, because I'm a soft-hearted person. She said, that was the best dog ever. And even in through my tears, I was like, you're delusional. Like, this is a hard moment. <laughs> it's a hard moment for you. That was not the best dog ever. And we do this kind of stuff all the time, and we do it in Scripture, too. We're always looking for heroes, and we want to praise them for the good things they do, but we neglect the bad things that they do. And, Ju and Asa did some amazing things. 
But later in life, he had some major failures. He, did, he, he, he mandated as the king of Judah for the people to forsake all other gods and to seek after the one true God. He trusted, this is incredible, he trusted, he trusted God when an army of one million came after him. One million from Ethiopia come up to attack him. He has only 500,000 men. And he thinks they're going to wipe us out. And he cries out to God in that moment. He shows humility and God saves him and redeems him. Incredible. He even, this is, what's in, this is what's powerful too. He even kicks his own mama off the throne as queen mother because she's not seeking after God. I mean, he was bold about wanting to know the Lord. And I was like, wow, what an incredible thing. What, what an incredible man of God. I want to be like that. He had remarkable dedication to God. That as time went on, he began to seek other things. And in chapter 16, there was a, it says the armies of Israel were coming from the north to attack him. Along with Syria, they were partnering with him. And he decided, instead of crying out to God in that moment, he thought, hey, I've got a lot of money in my treasury and in the treasury of the temple. I'm, I'm going to bribe the king of Syria to back off so that the kings from the north won't continue to attack me. And he thought he could buy his way out. This is a little side story, interestingly enough. When we have no money, it's so easy for us to cry out to God for provision. But when we get a little cheddar in our pockets, we think our money is the solution. Isn't that interesting? It has nothing to do with my message, but I just thought. We do that a lot, don't we? We don't need a touch from God I've got money to get myself out of this. Well, Asa was doing that as well. But the word of the Lord came to him through a prophet. He got mad. This is later on in his life. And he threw that prophet into stocks and in prison. He began to be cruel, the Bible says, to the people. And in chapter 16, verse 12, it says he even got disease in his feet. And even in his disease, the Bible said, he did not seek the Lord, but sought other, other physicians or sought other means to overcome his sickness. And that's not to say seeking physicians' help is wrong. This is just highlighting where Asa's heart was in that moment. And even in all of that, though, Scripture till, still tells us that Asa pleased the Lord because this was, this was written after Asa had passed, and it still described him as a man who was a good king and who pleased the Lord with what he did. And that's where I began to think about baseball. See, uh, Asa, he hit some bombs in his life, right? He hit some dingers. He turned an entire nation back to God. But he also struck out sometimes. He also failed sometimes. He also went down the wrong path. He also didn't listen to God in some moments. And what, what, I, what I've learned uh, through Scripture is that sometimes we're looking for heroes in people when we should be looking for the hero who is Christ. The story of Asa doesn't reveal his goodness and his faithfulness. It reveals God's goodness and faithfulness. In, in the story of Asa's life, it reveals God's glory. And I want to read to us out of Scripture Today, chapter, six, chapter 15, in verse 2, it talks about how good God is to Asa. 
It shows God's consistency. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2 says this, Hear me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. Listen to this. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Can I say that again? The Lord is with you while you are with him. Listen to this. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Can I read that again? If you seek him, he will be found by you. Now listen to this clause. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Can we pray together? Let's bow our hearts. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would reveal to us your truth today. I pray, Jesus, that in these moments that we're living in, God, that you would reveal to us your goodness and your faithfulness even when we strike out, even when we fail, even when we mess up. Reveal to us your truth through your word today. We submit our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what God is telling Asa and a promise he gives him in, through the word of a prophet, Azariah. God says this to Asa, as long as you're with me, I'll be with you. As long as you're with me, I'll be with you. He gives him this promise, if you're going to seek me, I promise that you will find me. And then he gives him a warning, if you forsake me, I'll forsake you. And on these promises, mind you, from the Old Testament, the Bible says Asa is encouraged. He's encouraged to know, if I'm with God, God's with me. He's encouraged to know, if I seek him, I will find him. And he understands the warning, but he's thinking in his mind, in my, in my heart, I'm not going to forsake him, so he will not forsake me. Yeah? And on those words, he goes in and he even begins to clear out even more of the detestable idols and demons and, and, and worship of, of false gods out of Israel, even more so based on this promise that if you seek me, you'll find me. If you're with me, I'll be with you. He gathers the entire nation of Judah and Benjamin with him and they sacrifice to God and they swear an oath to him that they'll seek him and him alone with all of their heart. And listen to this, the Bible says, and all of their desire will be for him. Based on this Old Testament promise. Based on this promise from God, Asa swung for the fences. And here's what's crazy. This promise from God was a pre-cross promise. It was on this side of the cross before Jesus came. This promise was given before Jesus walked in the flesh, walked among us, given us Holy Spirit within, promise from God. And on that promise, he swung for the fences. On that promise, he said, we're going to reform an entire nation. On that promise, we're going to seek after God. And we're going to get rid of the idols. And we're going to pursue him with all of our hearts and all of our desire. On that promise, Asa did what was right in the sight of the Lord and pleased the Lord. Did he mess up still? Yes. He messed up. 
Was he cruel on some things? And did he seek other provision outside of God in moments? Yes. But he still accomplished great things based on an Old Testament promise from God. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm laying down this morning, but I want to encourage somebody today. You and I have a promise that is greater than the promise that God gave Asa in the Old Testament. You and I have a promise that is greater than the promise God gave Asa in the Old Testament. And yet some of us in life are unwilling to swing away for fear that we're going to fail or miss or mess up. And we'd rather not even go to the plate because of the fear of what could and might be. And we stand in a greater promise. We, had a, we have a better promise than any promise that King David received in the Old Testament. We have a promise that is better than anything found under the law of the Old Testament. And we're still wondering if God will remain faithful to us when we stumble and fall. When we strike out sometimes in life. See, Asa, this story of Asa reminds me that he's not the hero I need to be looking for, but he's a good example of what God can do even on a partial promise. See, Asa was considered still a good king for the people of God on a promise of conditional love. See, we say God is a God of unconditional love, but in this promise he gave to Asa, it was conditional If you seek me, you'll be found. If you're with me, then I'll be with you. But if you forsake me, I will forsake you. It's a conditional promise from God. And can I tell you, some of you are even struggling to believe the Old Testament promise of God, let alone believe the promises of a New Testament Some of you are struggling to believe that God is with you while you're with him. Some of you are seeking after God and you're not finding the solution that you've been looking for and you think God must not be with me. But yet we see in an Old Testament promise, if you seek me, you will find me. And yet we see in an Old Testament promise, if you're with me, I'm with you. Some of you are dedicated to God. Loving him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and yet you're going through some struggles and you're wondering, does God even see me? Does God even hear me? Does God even know me? Can I tell you, he does better than that. God has not given you an Old Testament promise, but a New Testament one. Let me give you some points this morning before we get to the best promise of all. I want to encourage somebody today, if you're seeking Jesus, point one, if you're seeking Jesus, you'll find him. If you're seeking him, you will find him. If you want relationship with Jesus today, you're going to get it. If you want the Holy Spirit empowering your life to transform your life today, you seek after him, you're going to have it. The second point is this, if you're with him, he is with you. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, even though you might be going through some struggle and some hardship and some darkness, he is still walking with you. 
Even David said, in the Old Testament, pre-Jesus, pre-cross, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. God is with you today. Even in your struggle, even in your hardship, even in your pain, he is with you today. But can I give you the better promise that we have than Asa had? Here's the promise. Jesus said this to his followers. I will never leave you or forsake you. See, God said in the conditional promise to Asa, look, if you forsake me, you walk away, I'll turn my back on you. I'm not going to continue to pursue you as you continue to push me away. But here's what Jesus said. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Even when you run, I'll be here for you. Even when you want to hide, I'll be here for you. I'm going to continue to pursue you. I'm going to continue to send my spirit out for you. I'm going to continue to draw you back to me because I love you with an everlasting love. My love, Jesus says, is not a conditional love. It is unconditional. I'm going to continue to pour out my love over you until you taste and see that I am good. Some of us are still living under Old Testament promises and thinking that when we fail or when we struggle, when we have an impure thought or when we lose our temper or when we strike out in life that God has forsaken us because we're trying to hold on to an Old Old Testament promise. For some reason we think that if I mess up then I've forsaken God and He's going to forsake me. But that's not the promise we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus is saying today, church, even if you've struck out, even if you've messed up, even if you've fallen, even if you're struggling, even if you're in a hard place today, I'm still not going to leave you. I'm still not going to forsake you. I'm still going to pursue you with all of my heart because I love you. And the game's not over yet. The game's not over yet. God is willing to go into extra innings for you, church. He's willing to go into extra innings. And the bullpen is deep with the Lord. Amen. Jesus gave us a better promise. Not only did he give us a promise that we can read in Scripture, he gave us a Holy Spirit who lives within us that makes Scripture come alive in us. And the Holy Spirit is the great comforter who wants to comfort you and draw you back into a place of relationship with Jesus. I love what Romans 8, 34 through 39 says. Something that I think about consistently when I'm going through difficult times. Paul writes to the Roman church. He says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Listen, who intercedes for us. Do you know that Jesus, even in this moment, is praying for you? Even in your hardest times, in your darkest moments, in your weakest times, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, loving you. Why? Because he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Even in moments where you think you're going to leave me, I'm not going to leave you. Keep swinging. You struck out, get back up. You failed once, 
get back up. Here's the good news. You can fail and fail again, but all you got to do is get back up to the plate and make contact. And you can be considered great. Keep swinging. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't put the bat down. Don't, don't say, you know what? I, I'm just not good. I just can't handle it. I can't do it. Get back up. You got another opportunity in your life. You got another opportunity for what God wants to do in you. This is the New Testament promise in Christ Jesus. Because I've been praying, church, and I know these last several messages that the Lord has been bringing have been pretty heavy messages. Heavy, convicting, correcting messages. That God is wanting to do something in us and He's wanting to uh, restore in us and He's wanting to uh, help us to walk in honor and integrity and to be people of strong character. But don't think for a minute that because you struggled today or you struggled yesterday or last week that Christ is not in your corner cheering you on and lifting you up and covering you and loving you and redeeming you and restoring you. Don't think for a moment because you struggled and you had a hard week or you messed up that God has turned his back on you. You don't, you don't live under the Old Testament promise anymore. You live under the New Testament one in Christ Jesus. So he's with you. So there's still hope. There's still hope today. So maybe you struck out this week. Pick up your bat again. You got another chance to swing for the fences. Amen? So we have a better promise. We've got a better setup. See, I, I, I love baseball. I don't really play it very much anymore. Now, as an adult, if you don't play, play baseball, you can play really good or else you're going to get hurt. All right, you can play softball, adult softball, and that's all right. You know, they, they throw it slower and then no, one's, no one thinks you're going to be pro out there. But I love baseball, and, and I started thinking about this metaphor of baseball, and I started thinking, okay, if I'm at the plate, where is God in this scenario, you know? And I look over, and God the Father is on the third base line giving me the signals. He's telling me, swing away. Bases are loaded. I'm like, all right. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He knows the pitches that are coming without cheating. He ain't the Astros, okay? He's not on the Astros. <laughs> he knows what I can accomplish. And he's down there giving me the signs. I just need to pay attention. You ever had, you ever played baseball and you didn't pay attention to your third base coach and you get up to play? Hey, hey, what are you bunting for? I didn't give you, oh, I didn't give you the indicator. I got to touch the butt buckle for, the, butt, the belt buckle is what I'm trying to say. You ever not paid attention to your, your third base coach? You get in trouble. All right, we got to pay attention to the third base coach. God the Father. But here's the beautiful thing. See, Jesus, he bats cleanup. And he's right behind you. And he's saying, just get on base. And I'll clear the bases for us. I'll clean it up. Just get on base. Just make contact. Swing away. Pay attention to your coach and swing away because I'm coming behind you and I'm going to clean it up for us. He, he, he's saying, you don't, need to, you don't need to knock it out of the park every single time, but make contact. Get up there and swing. 
Try. I believe in you. Give me an opportunity to come up behind you. Give me an opportunity to see what I can do in your life. Give me an opportunity to show you what I can do. Amen? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the Gatorade that you drink. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's the Red Bull that's going to give you wings to run around the bases. It's going to help you keep running. Right? See, God is for us, church, not against us. God wants you to succeed in your life more than you want to succeed. God wants you to be free more than you want to be free. God wants you to walk in healing and in wholeness more than you want to be in healing and wholeness. Don't ever think that God is against you or mad at you or pushing you away. Don't ever think that God is wanting to forsake you because he said he never would. So this is what I hear the Lord saying to you this morning. Stop beating yourself up. Get back up and get to the plate. Faith and I, Faith and I were talking about this earlier. She played uh, competitive sports in high school, softball, volleyball. And I tried. And um, I remember I played second base and I was in Little League, first time. I dove for a ball I thought I could get and missed it. And I got mad at myself and just stopped playing. And threw my glove to the ground and was kicking the dirt. Thinking, how could I miss it? And for some reason, I thought that was going to please my coach to see how disappointed I was in myself. Like, hey, there's a kid who takes it seriously. That's what I was thinking. He comes back in after the play continued. I mean, the ball was not very far from me. The right fielder had to run all the way in to get it. And afterwards, he said, don't you ever give up on a play because you missed it the first time. Don't you ever give up. And that's what I feel like some of us need to hear this morning. Don't give up because you missed it the first time. So you dove for the ball and you missed it. Get, keep playing. Get back up. Get after it. You're going to have mess ups, but there, there's another batter coming up and you get to field the ball again. Get yourself back up. Dust yourself back off because you can't quit now. And today, church, I just want to encourage you that you have a better promise in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has more in store for you today than you've experienced in the past. Just get back up. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, get back up? Get back up. It's your at bat. Get back up. It's your at bat. You're up. Let's see what God will do in you. Let's see what God will do through you. You're back up. Get back up. You're going to do this. You can do this. Don't give up. He has a great promise in store for you. The Holy Spirit living inside of you, encouraging you, coaching you, giving you the strength to succeed. You have a better promise in Christ Jesus today through his work on the cross. Here's what's powerful. Here's what I want you to take away. Asa shifted the heart of an entire nation on an Old Testament promise. The nation was going after other gods and worshiping demons and false idols. And an Old Testament promise, he shifted the heart of an entire nation to seek after God. 
My question for you today is what can you shift with your New Testament promise? What can God do in your life when you understand that God will not forsake you or abandon you in your time of need? That he is with you, that he is for you and not against you. What will God do in your life and what will you allow him to shift? Maybe this morning it's your own heart that needs to be shifted, standing on the promise of God. Maybe it's the the destiny of your family and the legacy that you will leave. Will it shift on the promise that Christ is for you? Maybe the lives of your neighbors and coworkers, family and friends will be shifted if you're willing to get back up to the plate and say, I have a better promise today. Amen? As the worship team comes, as we close our time this morning, See, we've all struck out in life before. We've all struck out. But the word of the Lord is to us today, get back up. You're back up. It's your at bat today. And he's telling you to swing away in the promises of him. Stand on the truth of who Jesus is what he's done, what he's going to do, and get back up today. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence, Lord. If you have a relationship with Jesus, just just begin to pray right now that he would move. Move on us, Holy Spirit. Move on us, Holy Spirit. Move on us, Holy Spirit. Move in this place, God. God, come strengthen and encourage your people today. We thank you, Jesus. There's a struggle that you're struggling with. You think I'll never overcome it? I'll never get rid of it. The Lord is saying to you today, come to me.
all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. You failed. You feel like a failure. You're broken. You're hurting. But it's not over. It's not over. Come to me in your brokenness. Come to me in your pain. Come to me in your suffering. And I'll give you rest. And I'll give you my peace. And I'll give you the strength to get back up. I give you the strength to get back up. I've not walked away. I've not abandoned you. I've not, a turned, I've not turned a blind eye to your condition. I see you. I hear you. I'm with you. Get back up. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Now this morning, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice who doesn't have relationship with, with the Lord, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, I just want to give you an opportunity right now to commit to the greatest thing that you could ever commit to, to surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want to count to three. On, on three, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to commit my heart to Him. One, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Two, allow the Holy Spirit to draw your heart, to tug on you right now. Three, right now, would you raise your hand? Say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Give my life to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, Jesus, I see you as the Son of God. You died for me and you rose again to save me and to restore me back in right relationship with you. I give my heart to you I give my life to you. I put my trust in you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Set me free so I can follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past.
last episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It helps us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Sudan,